0: Turn with me, please, this evening to 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. On our Friday nights, we've been studying from the Scriptures along with our Bible reading. As a church, we're reading the New Testament through together, one chapter a day, Monday through Friday. And so we begin talking, and this is our fifth lesson on the works and the ways of the holy spirit in second corinthians are you there in the 13th chapter last chapter last verse second corinthians 13 14 says the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the communion of the holy ghost be with you all amen the grace of the lord jesus The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. This word communion is also translated fellowship. Can you fellowship with a chair? Can you fellowship with the lawnmower or electricity in the wall? In the socket? No, no. You can only fellowship and commune with a person. Sometimes people say, what about that Holy Ghost business? What is it? You know right away they don't know him for he's not in it. He's a person, divine person. Amen. And the reason we say this is because he is knowable and he's in the earth and he is under the Lord Jesus, the director and head of the affairs of the church in the earth. And he is the one with whom we have personal contact day in and day out. I mean, it's such a, essential thing the book of romans says if you don't have the spirit of christ you're none of his and so when you're born again you do have the spirit of christ in you and then you can also be filled overflowing and have the spirit upon you on you for power and for service and really uh, you and i can do nothing like it should be done without his help I mean, you can't even get out of bed and get to work like you ought to without His help. And thank God, He is the Helper. Yes. That's His name. Yes. Has He helped you before? Yes. I tell you what, I've, I look to Him continuously and endeavoring to train myself to depend on Him more because like the scripture says, you know, the flesh profits nothing. I can work hard. I can just try to do things in my own effort. And if it's just me, it's just wasted energy. Oh, but if I let him lead me, let him help me, let him anoint me, let him direct me. Amen. Amen. Things get done. I said things get done. I mean, these testimonies, these answers to prayer. That's not because I'm such a good prayer. It's not because Phyllis is such an amazing prayer. It's not because we know so much. It's not because we just have so much faith. I mean, God is answering prayer. Amen. And you, I'm believing that everybody in the church is going to get stirred up so that they have confidence, whether it's at home or on the job or on the street. They believe God will hear them when they pray for somebody and heal them there or meet their needs there. Amen. It's an emphasis on God, but it has to be by the leading of the spirit. If he's not real to you, then you'll make a lot of mistakes. You'll try to do things and maybe it's a good and a right thing, but it's just in the flesh and you'll fall on your face. And that's how people come to the conclusion. Well, it just wasn't the will of God. No, that doesn't mean it wasn't the will of God. It just means you missed it. Anybody in here ever missed it? Yeah, I'd have to put up both hands and both feet. But make up your mind you're not going to quit because you miss it. You're going to learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes, your successes as well as your mistakes, and stay after it. But I tell you, one of the most valuable things you will ever learn in this life is how to be led by the Spirit of God. I became convinced as a teenager in my early teens that if I could hear from God, I had it made. And now, several years later, I'm more convinced of it than ever. I know it's a fact. If you can hear from God, because I'd already made up my mind, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what he directs me to do. Amen. That's why we're in Branson. I didn't know I was coming to Branson. If you'd have asked me a year ago, are you going to Branson and pastor a church? I'd have said, you're silly. (laughs) What? I'm busy. I got a full plate. I got a full load. I, what? Branson? A church? But I'm so glad he had an idea, a plan. Amen. And we're able to hear it and follow it. And sometimes people say, you know, how, how come you have success in this area or that? It's as simple as what Jesus' mother told the people at the wedding feast. Whatever he says to you, do it. That's the key to miracles. That's the key to success. Amen. Whatever he says to you, do it. And so what we've been doing, we're talking about communing, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. We're reminding ourselves of His ways, of the different ways the Holy Spirit manifests Himself so we'll recognize Him quicker, cooperate with Him and yield to Him more fully and better and quicker. How many would like the Holy Spirit to find you easy to work with? When He thinks about you, He smiles and goes, yeah, I like them. They're easy to work with. I don't have to tell them 35 times. I don't have to deal with them three months before they move. They are easy to work with. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, please. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's remind ourselves of the manifestations of the Spirit. There are nine different things that are mentioned in this chapter. Different ways that the one and self-same Holy Spirit Manifest himself. Now the word manifest just simply means expresses, reveals, shows. The Holy Spirit is spirit. He's not flesh. We don't see him and touch him with our hands. He's spirit, but he's very, very real. And he, even though he is unseen, he expresses himself. Amen. Amen reveals and manifests himself, and about anything you want to mention that he does falls under the category of these nine different things mentioned in this book. Let's begin reading in verse 1, 1 Corinthians twelve let Let's just pray real quickly before we read this. Father, I ask for everybody, for eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts open, and I cannot reveal truth to others, but you can. Through the spoken word and by the anointing. And we're believing you to reveal and minister and answer questions and give direction. And help us to step up into a level of higher and greater awareness of your spirit. And Lord, we desire, we covet earnestly these gifts and manifestations. We want you to have full and free course. And manifest in our services, in our ministries, in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Amen means so be it. Verse 1. Now concerning spirituals, the word gifts is added by the translators. It's in italics. And one reason, I, I, a lot of times I wouldn't say that, but you hear people use the word gift too much concerning these things. In one sense, they're all gifts in that God has given them to the church and given them to us. They're gifts. But people use that word gift Too frequently, and it leaves a wrong impression. People talk about the gift of tongues. Well, you don't see that phrase in here. The gift of discernment. That phrase is not in here. Did you hear me? And yet people use that, and they leave a wrong impression when they do. Like God gave a gift of something special to somebody, and they it's a gift they have, and they can kind of turn it off and on when they want to, and that's not true. All of these are manifestations of the Spirit. Some of them are gifts. They're designated so. How many believe it's better to just call things what the Bible calls them? Amen. Stay close, especially when you don't understand something. Just stay close to it, and uh, you'll come out better every time. Well, I, I bring that up for a reason. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But literally, it just says spirituals, which are things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. He said, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Is it true that any time the Spirit of God is manifesting, it will glorify Jesus? It will magnify him. And one way you can tell something that's just flesh uh, is it draws attention to the person. Just to the person. If somebody's making much of their self, I've had people come up to me before after services and say, You know, God uses me in all nine gifts of the Spirit. Well, why'd you tell me that? Huh? First of all, I doubt it. And secondly, why'd you tell me that? Do you know why they would tell me that? In an effort to impress me with their spirituality. And you watch it. Every time you try to impress somebody, it has the opposite effect. Never try to impress people. Just be impressive. Did you hear me? Trying to impress people will get you in trouble. Trying to impress people is pride. Besides that, you don't want people to be impressed with you. You want them to be impressed with God. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something I learned years ago. One reason I know some of these things, I got corrected. Years ago, Phyllis and I were first learning how to believe God for some things. We needed a car desperately. And we believed God for a used car. That's where our faith was at. It was a... It wasn't anything fancy. It was several years old, but it was a good, solid car. And uh, then a few years after that, the Lord blessed us with a better car. It was pretty nice. And a fellow asked me one time, He, uh, a couple of people saw it. We had the next day after we got it. And they said, man, boy, that's a great car. How would you get that car? And I said, we believe for it. And when I said that, I had a check inside. Something scratched me a little bit about that. Well, you know, I'd heard other people use that phrase, and a lot of times it's not just the phrase; it's just your thinking. It's not just necessarily the words you used, but it's your thinking. Well, later on, I got back home and I was praying and getting quiet during a certain time, and that thing that came back up to me, I remembered that, and I thought, Lord, uh, is something wrong with that? Did should I have said that differently? And I don't mean I heard an audible voice now. But distinctly inside me these thoughts begin to come. And the Lord began to take me through a scenario. They asked, how would you get that car? I said, we believed for it. And we did. But the Lord said, uh, now, how did you get faith to believe me for that? I said, well, it's your faith came from hearing your word. He said, and didn't I Uh, You'd have never seen it unless I'd revealed it to you. I said, yes, sir, that's right. He said, weren't you tempted to quit and give up several times? And I encouraged you. Even had people to preach on things that you heard and and friends to stir you up. I said, yes, sir, that's right. And he said, and who brought it to pass for you? I said, well, you did. (laughs) He said, it was my faith from my word that I revealed to you. I sustained you, I encouraged you, I held you. You'd have quit, but I held you up, and I did it, and I wasn't even mentioned. You just said, I, talking about me, believe for it. I said, yes, sir, I see that. He said, and that's not the only deal. He said, they left impressed with your faith, but that didn't put them any closer to them receiving. Can you see that? They left thinking, "Yeah, brother Keith, he has faith, and if I had faith, then I might get something." But brother Keith probably has more faith, which is silly. I said silly, and because I said it wrong, and you know, you have to watch in so-called giving a testimony, because a lot of testimonies just folk bragging on themselves. I did this. And I stood, and sometimes people leave the wrong impression. They act like, you know, bless God, I just stood up and I claimed it and boom, there it was and hallelujah. That's faith. Do like me. And the truth is, they rolled on the floor and cried and God had to prop them up and they quit half a dozen times and he got them stirred back up. How many know what I'm talking about? And if it hadn't been for the grace of God, they'd have not made it through. But the Lord wants people to be encouraged that they can believe Him and get the same thing. Amen. Because He's no respecter of persons. What He's done for one, He'll do for another. So never try to impress people with what you know or what you've done. or like. You want people impressed with God in your life. And you want them encouraged that what He's done for you, He will do for them. Amen. Is that all right? Now, keep reading. He said in verse four, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, or the margin says ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which works all in all. Everybody said out loud gifts, ministries, operations. Now you understand he's talking about more than just gifts. Keep reading. Verse 7, but the manifestation, the what? Now see, he calls all these things manifestation. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Every Every man, every person, to profit the whole, to profit with all. Who can have these manifestations in their life? Hmm? Can you? Should you expect to have these kind of things? Happen in your life. Yes, you should. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing. In the original it's healings. Both of them's plural. Gifts of healings. By the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another divers or kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit. Dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. Thank God for the manifestations of the spirit. How many believe the Lord wants you. To have these things manifest in your life. I mean every man. Did you see that phrase? He gives to every man. You're to have some of these things manifest in your life at different times. One thing we've said now, it's important to repeat. All of these are supernatural. Not natural. They're manifest in the natural, but they're all supernatural. None of them are just natural. Gifts of healing. Sometimes people try to explain these away. They say, well, gifts of healings are the doctors that God's given us. No, it's not. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for good medical personnel. I'm serious when I say thank God. A lot of us wouldn't be here tonight. And they are a gift in one sense. They are a gift of God. But that's not what he's talking about here. Gifts of healings. These are supernatural manifestations. Sometimes people say, well, tongues, different kinds of tongues, that's people who have linguistic ability. They can learn all these languages and their skill." No, it is not. No. It's speaking in a tongue that is unknown to the speaker. It's supernatural. Did you hear me? Working on miracles is supernatural. Faith here is supernatural. We've talked about these already some, and um, we saw that there's the term common faith used. And then one translation says here, special faith. This is a faith beyond your faith that you get from hearing the word, that you get from feeding and exercising your faith. This is a faith when your faith won't do it. God can do some special things. Amen. Where he gives you a measure of his own faith that's beyond your faith. Glory to God. And you can stand up and believe for things that that are amazing. Amen. Working on miracles is not just a natural thing. It's supernatural. All of these are supernatural. Are you with me on this so far? And you know, we have to, when we come face to face with these things, you'll do one of two things. If you don't have these in your life, you haven't experienced them personally, then you have a choice. When you come face to face, you'll either try to water down the Bible to match your lack of experience. Which is a sad thing. Or you'll say Lord. I see it. I haven't experienced it. But I believe it. Amen. Elevate my experience to match this book. Can you say amen. Amen. And if you'll do that. You'll just keep growing and keep coming up. And keep coming up. How many believe we are a part of the same church. That we read about in the book of Acts. We have the same Holy Spirit. Have the same name of Jesus. Preach the same gospel. Then we should have the same manifestations. The same kind of healings. Same kind of signs and wonders. Same kind of speaking with tongues and prophecy. Right? Amen. 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 And it is that way to those who believe. And it is for everybody. It's not just for a select few. It's for everybody that will believe and receive. Now we talked, our first lesson, I'll just review a little bit. We talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. Our second lesson, we talked about different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. What are different kinds of And remember, different kinds of tongues. Uh, there are Some tongues are for a sign. Others are not. Some should be interpreted. Others are fine if they're not interpreted in your own prayer life. Just you personally talking to God. You build yourself up. It's supernatural though. It is speaking in a tongue that the mind does not understand. Because the scripture says, you know, uh, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. And he does no man understands him. But in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Is this for us today? I did it today. Amen. I do it every day. Somebody say, well, you just have the gift of tongues. No, that's a wrong use of terminology. This belongs to every believer. Did you hear me? Folks say, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, and that's why you don't have it. <laughs> if you believe it, you can get somebody say, well, aren't you, are you saying you have to have that to be saved? Absolutely not. You have to be saved to qualify, amen, to come into the rest of these things. Now, a key to having more of these things manifest in your life. Is being filled with the Spirit. You might say, well, I, Yeah I was filled with the Spirit in 1953. And I spoke in tongues. Yeah but that was then. That doesn't mean you've been filled every day since then. Did you hear me? Be, you know, In fact Ephesians says. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. One translation brings out and the Greek bears it out. Be being filled. It's a continuous thing. You you see, the same people that got filled in Acts four got filled again in Acts two. Excuse me, got filled again in Acts four. There's one initial reception and infilling, but there should be an ongoing refilling. Amen. And a, a key to having these things, more of them, is being more filled with the Spirit. And one key to being filled with the Spirit, is speaking with other tongues and doing it a lot. Now you understand the man that God used to pen this, he said to this people who had an excess of talking in tongues, he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Amen? Was Paul a tongue talker? Was Peter a tongue talker? Were all these, the 120 was, I mean, the letters written to the churches. The Colossians were tongue talkers. The Ephesians were tongue talkers. The Corinthians, obviously, tongue talkers. Amen? And if you don't like the sound of that, I'm not trying to offend you. Uh, but this is the key into the fullness of the rest of these things. Amen? And I'm telling you, I was a Christian for years who didn't speak with tongues and was thoroughly saved. But now for many more years now, I have spoken with tongues, and I can tell you from experience, with is better. Amen. Amen. I said better. Glory to God. You build yourself up. You're right. So the thing, one of the things is we're so limited in our intellect of what we know and what we understand, and speaking in other tongues enables you to pray and speak beyond your intellect, which every one of us needs. And then also, in our third lesson, we talked about special faith and gifts of healings. Both of these supernatural. In our fourth lesson, last week, we talked about word of knowledge and word of wisdom. It's not the gift of knowledge. You hear that a lot, though, don't you? Well, so-and-so has the gift of knowledge. I don't know where that's at in the Bible. So-and-so has the gift of wisdom. There's no such thing that I'm aware of. No, it is the manifestation of word of knowledge. Word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. Knowledge, God, how many know God knows everything? And He can supernaturally, He's not going to reveal everything He knows to you. He's not going to reveal to you the book of knowledge, but He will give you a word. Amen. He'll give you a part of something. And a word of knowledge is not something you learned, uh, not something you figured out. It's something that there's no other way you would know it. How many have ever had any of this in your life that you knew something? It was revealed to you. There's no way you could have known it. Hmm? We should have this happening in our life all the time. You know, man, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Just in our business with the church, Phyllis and I every day are getting things. And you know you're about to go a certain way and something come up in your spirit. No, don't go that way. Check this. And you think, well, it looked all right. Yeah, but check it. And you check it and sure enough, it needs to be changed. Amen. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. And this is not just for preachers. This is for Christians. Amen. How many times people could be saved? I mean, I, uh, some individuals gave the testimony uh, some years ago about how they were uh Sitting down at a meal in a restaurant, getting ready to eat. And the man of the house, all at once, it came up in his heart. Go home right now. Go home. Check on something. Go home. He thought, why? Why should we? And he did. He just, they just said, sorry, <laughs> we can't eat right now. And they got up and left. See, a lot of people wouldn't have paid attention to that. And they got, just as they pulled in the driveway, the hot water heater exploded. exploded. Well, how else would they have known to do that? And they were able to put the fire out real quick before it, you know, what if they're sitting there eating, the whole house would have burned down. I'm convinced that the Lord is constantly trying to protect us and help us. Amen. If we would pay attention, if we'd listen. Well, how would you know this? You couldn't have known it any other way except he supernaturally revealed it to you. Well, word of wisdom is similar, except wisdom has to do with understanding the scope of a thing and how something's going to turn out. It's a revelation of the plan of God. It's a revelation of things to come. And the Lord can give us supernatural revelation in this area as well. Now, two that we haven't talked about much that I want to get in tonight is discerning of spirits and working of miracles. We didn't get into these very much, so let's get into them right now. In verse 1 Corinthians 12, and in verse 10, he says, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Now again, this is not called the gift of discernment. I have seen more foolishness under that title. Then a whole lot of other things. And you just watch it. A lot of times when somebody says, I have the gift of such and such, it's just pride. And a lot of times confusion. All of these are manifestations. But none of these are something that you just have that you can just flip on and off when you want to. No, the Spirit of God will give these and manifest these through you as you need them and as it's important for you. If you'll stay prayed up. More full of the spirit you are, the more of these you'll have. It's called what? Discerning of spirits. I've seen some folk that's supposed to have the gift of discernment. And they're always finding fault with people. Well, I know sinners that have that gift. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're always you know, they're always like, I discerned something about them and just you know superstitious and and always suspicious suspicion is not a manifestation of the holy spirit is it fault finding is not a manifestation of the holy spirit it's not the gift of discernment what is it discerning of spirits now the word discern means Two main things. It means to distinguish one from another. And it means to see. And this is one of the most significant. To see. To behold. How many understand that you and I are in this physical realm, but there is a spirit realm? How many believe God is real? The Holy Spirit is real. Angels are real. The devil and demons are real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. We haven't seen it, but it's real. But you read about in the scriptures of people who were given discerning of spirits are allowed to see into that realm. To see and to hear and to distinguish and determine different levels of awareness of what's happening in that realm. And God could, as is needed or desirable, allow you to see into that realm. Did you hear me? Now some ministries, like the prophet's ministry, is going to have a lot of this because they're also called seers. In the Old Testament, the prophet's called a seer. They would see and know things supernaturally. You remember when the prophet, uh, uh, the man of God came And the enemy had surrounded the city. And his helper went out, you know, and came back and saw all the army. They come to get the prophet. And he said, alas, my master, how shall we do? And he said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And he opened his eyes and saw that the whole place was surrounded with angels. And he said, there's more with us than there be with them. But see, he didn't see it. Until he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Well, he had his natural eyes open already. He was seeing those natural soldiers all too well. And it was scaring him silly. But there was something else going on in the spirit. Now, another thing that discerning of spirits is not, it's not discerning of devils. Did you hear me? People get off and some folk are finding devils in everything. There's a devil under every chair and behind every bush and everybody's got four or five. (laughs) And it's ignorance and it causes a lot of harm and damage. Yeah, the Lord could give you discerning of spirits and you could see a demon spirit or you could see an angel or a human spirit or the similitude of God. But it's not just discerning of devils and the Christian who's taught properly is not afraid of the devil. Did you hear me? Not afraid. What did the Bible say? Resist the devil and what? And he'll scare you. Huh? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm telling you, when you know it, you have authority. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And the enemy's been stripped and brought to naught. And if the Lord would give you uh, discernment into this area, then it wouldn't be something to scare you. It'd be something for you to take authority over. Amen. And shut down. We have authority, don't we? Now let's go and look at a couple of examples of this. Go with me over to Exodus, the 33rd chapter. Exodus 33. Tell me again, what is discerning of spirits? It is seeing into and distinguishing in the realm of the spirit. Amen? Now, let me just caution you. Don't try to see things. Uh, this does not come through effort. Did you hear me? I, no matter how hard you might try to see something, it doesn't come through you trying to see. It is as the Spirit wills. He could give you this manifestation as He wills. And if you needed it or for some reason. But you could go all your life and never see an angel. And it wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. Did you hear me? In fact, people that are seeing stuff every day, watch them. I'm serious. Read the book of Acts carefully. You'll find out that these spectacular things like seeing an angel, seeing the similitude of God or something like this, Didn't, you'd have to add to the Bible to say it happened over two, three, four, half a dozen times in the life of even these apostles. Now, you know, they're all lumped together over a period of decades. And in different people's lives, you get the impression it's happening all the time. But really, you'd have to add to the Bible to say it happened over half a dozen times in most of these people's whole life. It may have, we don't know, but you'd have to add to the Bible to say it did. And you have to watch about striving and trying to see things and feel things. Because not everything that's supernatural is God. And we're not just hungry for spiritual stuff. We're hungry for God. Amen. And so beware of trying to see things. And trying to hear things. I mean there's a lot of people in the mental institution today. Hearing stuff. Wanting to hear things. Trying to see things. No. You want to be full of God. Amen. Amen. And you want to know His will for your life. And you want to do His will. And if in the course of knowing and doing His will, He sees fit to give you some of these things to help you and show you, then that's great. But if we don't have them, we know how to walk by faith. Amen. Amen. We don't hear a voice. We don't see a vision. We don't have a special word. That's all right. We got a special word. Amen. And we know how to walk by faith. Is that clear? Don't push and try to hear voices. Don't push and try to see things. Just seek God and be hungry for God. Amen. Now in Exodus. The 33rd chapter. We see. Moses. Hungry for God. Wanting to see the glory of God. And the Lord told him, I'm going to reveal something here to you. And he saw the similitude of God. Is God real? He has parts. The Bible talks about the face of God. Talks about the hands of God. Talks about the back of God. And you remember John saw the Lord on the throne in the book of Revelation and he looked like the form of a man. You know why? He looks like us. Because we're made in his image. Amen. We look like him is the deal. We're made in his likeness and in his image. And so he has a head, he has hands, arm, chest, has a form. And you looking into the realm of the Spirit, you could see that. And one of these days, we will. I said, one of these days, we'll all be before the throne and we'll see him. In Exodus 33, look at this, Exodus 33 in the latter part of the chapter. In the 19th verse, the Lord told him, he said, I'm going to make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Verse 20, he said, you cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. That's interesting, isn't it? His face is so glorious that if you looked at him straight in the face, you'd cease to be mortal. Now that's a face, isn't it? (laughs) Somebody say, wow. And the Lord said, there's a place by me, and you'll stand on the rock, and it'll come to pass while my glory passes by. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'll cover you with my hand. He has a hand. And I'll pass by. He has a face. We've already seen that. Has a hand. And I'll take away my hand after he's passed by so he couldn't see his face, and you'll see my back parts. But my face shall not be seen. Well, God's a spirit. That happened. He saw that. How did he see that? God gave him discerning the spirits. You'll see all the manifestations of the spirit except for tongues and interpretation in the Old Testament. You'll see all the rest of them in the Old Testament. Tongues and interpretation are distinctive of this age that we live in. Seeing into the realm of the spirit. Uh, Let's go to Acts 13 in the New Testament. I'll give you an example of this real quick. Acts 13. You've read it if you've been reading with us through the scriptures here. Acts 13, Saul, Paul now, and Barnabas were sent by the Holy Ghost. They came to Cyprus, and in verse 5, they preached the word. Verse 6, they found a sorcerer there. A false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the deputy of the country, verse 7, Sergius Paulus. And verse 8, Elamus the sorcerer, same guy, different name, withstood them. He resisted them, seeking to turn the deputy from the faith. So Paul's preaching, and this man's trying to contradict what Paul is saying and discount his ministry. And Saul, who is also called Paul, verse 9, get that next phrase, what does it say? What? This is the key. This is the key to all these manifestations. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Set his eyes on him. And said, oh full of all subtlety and mischief. You child of the devil. You enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold the hand of the Lord is on you. And you'll be blind not seeing the sun for a season. And there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And when the deputy saw what was done, he believed and was astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. What happened to him? The Holy Ghost came on him. He was filled and looked on him and in power spoke these words. He discerned the spirit behind this man. And he may have seen something of it too. I don't know. It doesn't say. But he discerned, he knew what was going on, and he spoke against this. And this is, uh, a lot of these manifestations of work, like the fingers on your hand, more than one at a time. Discerning the spirits was involved here, but also special faith. Because normally you couldn't speak like this and this happened, but this came up in his heart. He spoke to this man. The man wasn't sick. It was supernatural that he was blind. And it was temporary. There was a mist on him. But that sure got his attention, didn't it? And shut him up. Going over to the 16th chapter. 16th chapter. Here we see that uh, Paul and his company was with a woman named Lydia, verse 14. And uh, they were staying at her house. And verse 16, it came to pass, this is... Acts 16:16 16, 16, came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying or fortune-telling and the same followed Paul and us and cried saying these men are the servants of the most high god which show to us the way of salvation now that's interesting was that true Huh? Was it true that they were servants of the Most High God that were come to show them the way of salvation? But who's saying that? A wrong spirit. A evil spirit in this young woman. Well, who wants the devil testifying for you? And now get this, though. Verse 18. Get this. And this she did what? Many Many days. Not just one time. She did it again. And again, and again, and Paul being grieved. Everybody say grieved. This is one thing that will help you to know if it's a wrong spirit. It will grieve you. I mean, when it's the Holy Spirit, it blesses you, edifies you, picks you up. When it's a wrong spirit, it grieves you. When it's just flesh, kind of nauseates you. I don't mean literally, physically, necessarily, but it's just like, yuck. It's just flesh. You know what I'm saying? It's just them. When it's the Holy Spirit, there's life. Life and peace. Amen? It's wrong spirit. It's grievous. Not, uh, not something that's much in your head, but in your spirit. It grieves you. You're like, man, that ain't right. That ain't right. We have the Holy Spirit, don't we? Trust what you get on the inside. He was grieved. And he turned and said to the spirit. So here he discerns this spirit that's operating in this young woman. Now I don't know if he saw something at that time or not. He may have. didn't say he didn't. But we do know that for many days he didn't do anything about it. Why didn't he stop it the first day? You ever thought about that? Because see, you can't just do this stuff in the flesh, can you? Just flip it on and off when you want to. That's why I say it's not a gift in that sense. It is a gift to the church. But these manifestations, if we'll stay prayed up and stay filled up, then he can give us whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But just you hollering or yelling or screaming something in the flesh is not going to do something. Everybody say "Many many days. After many days... It came on him. He got it. This came up in his spirit. He knew what was going on. And he had the anointing on him to speak to it. And he shut it down. And her fortune telling days were over. (laughs) Can you say amen? (laughs) Look at one more real quickly. Then we need to go to the work in the miracles. In Acts the 27th chapter real quickly. Acts 27 And this is what we'll be reading about next week, I guess. But among other things, Paul, you know, was being carried by ship. Where he's eventually going to stand before rulers and kings and testify, just like the Lord told him back when he first got saved was going to happen. But, I mean, he told them not to uh, launch out on this trip. He said, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with much damage and loss. Of the ship of life. But the owner of the ship and the captain wouldn't listen to him. Now, everybody say perceive. perceive. This was not necessarily uh, that he heard a voice or saw something. This is a perception. But again, why would you think that? Revelation. Revelation about the future. Why would you think it's a dangerous trip instead of just an easy trip? We should trust what we get, shouldn't we? You don't have to hear a voice. You don't have to see anything. Trust your perception, what you get on the inside. Well, they didn't listen to him. And so here they go, and it looked like everything's going to be fine. And then they get into a hurricane, typhoon. I mean, it looks like they're going to die for sure. Paul's in the belly of this thing praying and seeking God. And look what happened. In verse 22, Acts 27, 22, he said, I exhort you to be a good cheer. There shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. How could he know that? What's that? What's that? That's word of wisdom. What's going to happen, right? And there stood by me this night the angel of God. He saw an angel. Heard him. Angel said, fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar and God's given you all them that sail with you. What would that be? Discerning of spirits. Saw into, heard in the realm of the spirit. Is God still doing this kind of thing today? Yes, yes he is. Now let's move on quickly to the next one. The working of miracles. And this is the ninth one. We will have talked about all of them now with this one. Working of miracles. In the working of miracles, first of all, do you believe in miracles? You know, we got people that claim to be Christians that don't believe in miracles. We got people, and I don't mean just a few, we got people that claim to be Christians and deny the virgin birth because it's a miracle. And deny the physical bodily resurrection of the Lord because it's supernatural. These people are not saved. Did you hear me? You cannot be a real, a true Christian unless you believe in miracles. How many believe God created the heavens and the earth? How many believe Jesus is born of a virgin? Literally. How many believe he's raised from the dead? Literally. Physically. That's a miracle. But we believe in miracles. Because we're believers. Whoever heard tell a believer didn't believe? That's like a fish that don't swim and a bird that don't fly. Believers believe. We believe in miracles. We believe God can do things we don't understand. How many believe God can supersede the ordinary laws of nature that he himself set in motion? Can he make the sun stand still for a whole day and not go down? Can he make water come out of the rock? Can he rain bread out of the sky? He's a miracle working God. And he still does miracles today. And one of the manifestations of the Spirit is called working of miracles. And again, manifestations of the Spirit are going to glorify who? Not departed saints. Did you hear me? Not everything that is supernatural is God. God. Not everything that is spectacular or spiritual is God. Beware of things, even that are miracles, that glorify people, even departed people. The Holy Ghost, when he comes, the Bible said he shall not speak of himself. He says what he hears the Father say. He says what he hears Jesus say, and he glorifies Jesus, doesn't he? In the working of miracles, let me say this and then we'll see it as we go. The working of miracles does a miracle. Special faith gets a similar result, but through a different means. Special faith uh believes for a miracle. And a lot of times words are involved. Uh, go with me. Let's look at a couple of instances of this. Go with me to... uh Ah, uh, let's see. You go to 2 Kings 2, and I'll tell you about a couple in some different places. We'll save some time this way. 2 Kings 2. Again, working of miracles is supernatural power of God that's manifested in connection with an action of a human being. Everybody say working. working. And, of course, it's supernatural. It's divine intervention. In the ordinary course of nature, it can supersede or temporarily suspend the ordinary laws and course of nature that God himself put into motion. You know, when it comes to healing, sometimes something is not a matter of healing. There needs to be a miracle. Now, what I mean by that is healing is restoration of something that's there. But sometimes there are parts that are missing you know, let's say somebody was born without an organ. Well, you wouldn't say, Lord, heal that organ. It's not there. There's nothing there to heal. An organ needs to be created there. I mean, uh, some of these testimonies that uh, you've heard uh, Phyllis read. I mean, some of these are beyond healing. They're miraculous. When you can function normally and fully with large portions of your brain gone... That's a miracle. I've known of cases where people had holes in their heart. Huge. And the tests are there. The x-rays are there. And the scans are there. And the doctors just look and shake their head. Because the man can run. He can do anything he wants. How can he live with that big hole in his heart? Well, God can do miracles. Amen. 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 He can recreate body parts. Sometimes people say, well, yeah, but you know, that nerve has been severed and nerves cannot be regenerated. Said who? (laughs) Nerves cannot be regenerated. Well, brain cells have been destroyed through drugs or through the accident and you can't get new brain cells. Said who? Who made the brain? Who made the nerve? Don't tell me he can't make some more brain cells. And who gets it? All things are possible to him that believes. If you believe he can do it, if you believe he will do it, then you are a candidate to see a miracle. Any of us can believe for a miracle. But that's not the same thing as working of miracles. Let me give you a couple. You're there in Second Kings, the second chapter is where I'm going. But just to remind you before we read that, you remember how God used Moses. When he brought uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, before he did, you remember, he came there and threw his rod down. And it turned into a serpent. That's a miracle. And the reason it did is because the magicians were doing some things. You remember that? Somebody said, you really think they were doing some things? Yeah, they were doing some stuff. But Moses' serpent swallowed theirs up. <laughs> and everything they tried to do, the power of God just showed them up. In the very thing they were trying to, to show their powerful in. And then the thing turned back into a, a stick. You remember that in order to demonstrate who God had chosen of the tribe of Aaron and his seed. That they laid up the rod and overnight it budded and blossomed. With no roots and no top. That's amazing. Can God do that? Does he still do miracles? Remember, Moses stretched out his rod over the Red Sea and it parted. Well see, why stretch forth your rod? Why use the rod? See, it could have been effected through another means, but working on miracles is when God is using something a person does and the miracle is worked. Now look in 2 Kings, 2nd chapter. 2 Kings. Are you there? Second Kings and the, uh, the second chapter, Elisha, you know, just saw Elijah taken up from him. And you remember what he did? That mantle that was on Elijah that represented the anointing that was on his life came floating down. <laughs> didn't it? And he picked it up and he walked back over to the Red Sea there. No, the, uh, Jordan, excuse me, Jordan. And he took that mantle and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the river with the mantle and it split. But do you see there was a working. There was an instrumentation there. There was the smiting. It could have been done with a a special faith. Special faith would have just spoken to it and believed for it to happen. Right? Working the miracles, there's something involved that the person does, that God uses. Here's something that's interesting, just a couple of chapters over. The fourth chapter, chapter 4. In the latter part of the chapter, verse 38, Elisha told them there was a Darth in the land, and he told them to set on the pot. And verse 39, one of them went out and found some herbs, found a wild vine and gathered wild gourds and came and cut them up and put them in the pot. And turns out they were poisonous. But they had nothing to eat. People were hungry. So we got this pot full of poisonous gourds. And verse 40, they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass as they're eating. They've already swallowed this stuff. (laughs) And they're eating the pottage. Somebody realized what they're eating and cried out and said, Oh, man of God, there's death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. And he said, Bring meal. Bring me some meal. And they brought it to him and he took that meal and he threw it in the pot. And he said, Now pour it out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. What is that? That's a working of miracles, isn't it? Now see, special faith would have done what? Just spoken to the pot, believed for it to be okay. Somebody said, well, why, why didn't he do that instead of the other? It's not up to you. <laughs> Did you hear me? You, you can't just do this because you want to. It's as he wills. But he wills to do things all the time. If we'd stay prayed up, amen, full of the Spirit and believe for these things, and before we get through tonight, we're going to stand up and pray and ask him. For more of these things. Amen. We've had some. We've had a sprinkling. How many believe we can have a lot more. We can have some amazing things. Even some signs and wonders. Amen. And we just for God to be glorified. And it will draw people in. Wonders make you wonder. Sinners will go. Wow. How would that happen? Next thing they know they will get saved. Amen. They realize God is real. He's real and he's powerful. He didn't just used to do miracles. He does miracles in our lives today. Can you say amen? You know, Jesus in John 2, without going there and reading, you remember that he's at the wedding feast and they ran out of wine. And they said, Lord, you know, we don't have, they don't have any wine. He said, go fill the water pots up. That's them doing something. Then take it out and dip some for the governor of the feast. And it was turned into wine. That's a miracle. But it was a working of miracles. They had to fill the pots and then they served it. How do you get a working of miracles? It's simple, just like she told them, whatever he says to you, do it. Amen. But it'll take faith, won't it, to do things like this when you think, why? Why do that? How could that work? Just do it. Quit arguing. Quit reasoning. Just do it. Amen. Amen. And we'll have more of these kind of things. In Acts. I'm going to close with this. Acts chapter 5. Here again is a New Testament example. Are we part of the same church? But if we have the same spirit. Same manifestations. Yes. Yes. Said out loud. We have these things. In our churches. In our ministries. In our lives. We have these things. Today. Amen. Acts, the fifth chapter. In Acts 4, they had prayed, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and grant signs and wonders to be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Just a few verses later in Acts 5 and verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Now, you know, there, there's some theologians and some ministers say, well, they had to have that to get the church started. But, you know, that's all passed away. We don't need. Oh, hush. We, we have billions of people who don't know God. Did you hear me? Don't tell me we don't need signs and wonders today. Don't tell me people have developed a better method of reaching people. We need this. Nothing else is going to draw people in like some of these things will. In verse 12, by the hands of the apostles were many. Everybody say many. Yeah. Many signs. I'm about to get excited. <laughs> Would it excite you to have some signs yeah. in our midst, in our community? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay. And we could say the Lord did it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Somebody say, how do you figure that out? I don't. I just believe it. How'd he do that? He's God. He can do stuff like that. Amen. how did it happen? He's God. Some things you're not going to be able to figure out. On purpose, he's not going to tell you. You're either going to believe or you're not. You know, some people say, well, boy, if I could see a miracle, I'd believe. Wrong. Wrong. Faith does not come by seeing. It comes by hearing. There's been people that have seen miracles right in front of their face and left and doubted it and tried to explain it away. I know my dad was in one of Brother William Branham's meetings uh, years and years ago. And he said a lady beside him standing in the line had a huge gorder that had grown out almost the size of her head. And it was this huge purplish looking mass on the side of her neck. And he said, Brother Benham came by her and he spoke to that and cursed that. And he said with his own eyes, he saw it go down until there was nothing on the side of her neck except just smooth. He said he saw it standing right there beside her. He saw it. And he said he walked out and he heard men standing outside the church going, oh, they just had that fixed up. They had that. So they saw it, too. When you see a miracle, do you have to believe? No, you don't have to believe. You can make all kind of excuses. You can say anything you want. You have to decide whether you're a believer or not. Amen. Believers believe when they don't see. And believers believe after they see. Amen. Their believing was based on the Word, not on what you see. Seeing doesn't give you faith. Hearing the Word gives you faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Amen. One reason I'm teaching on these things, I want us to have faith in these things. Amen. Amen. And believe for them. Ask for them. The Bible said covet earnestly these things. We want them. Do you want them? That was a little weak. Everybody say, we want them. We 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 want these things. Read with me here. Not only did this happen. Verse 14, believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes. See, people say, well, I'm not into all that stuff. I just want to see people saved. Mm-hmm. Then you are into this. Right? Multitude. Everybody say multitudes. multitudes. It drew them in, didn't it? All these signs and wonders drew them in insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about into Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. Does he still heal them all? But now think about how this happened. This wouldn't have worked on a cloudy day. No sun. No shadow. God used his shadow. Didn't he? And it was when his shadow fell across people. Miracles happened. Now see, if you hadn't read that in the Bible, and if a lot of Christians hadn't read that, and you heard about that happening somewhere, a lot of folk would scoff and go, Ha, that ain't God. Shadow healing. Whoever heard of (laughs) such?" He believes his shadow could heal somebody. That's ridiculous. Who does he think he is? Well, he thinks he's being used of God. He's not doing it. God's doing it. Amen. 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 God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs and aprons. And when they were laid on sick, the Bible said they were healed and evil spirits left them. Jesus spit on the ground and made mud and rubbed spit and dirt in a man's eyes. Now, if you hadn't read that and you heard about me doing that up here tonight, huh? Huh? Oh, you'd make it on the TV programs, wouldn't you? I mean, people say, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard in my life. Rubbing spit and mud in somebody's eyes. Isn't it true that the Lord will use what some people call foolish to confound people who think they're wise? And you and I are never going to figure all this out. We just have to obey God. Amen, and if we will, we'll see results. But see, this is working of miracles. The mud was put in his eyes. He said, go wash it off. He went to the pool he told him to go to. He washed it. There's some working. Men are doing some things. God's using it, and he came seeing. Blind man healed shadow falling across people can you see that they brought and laid sick people in the streets they're just all the streets are full of sick people and peter comes through and as his shadow is falling across them people begin to jump up healed jump up can hear jump up can see glory to god does he still do these kind of things come on tell me help me out does he still do these kinds of things Stand on your feet. Let's pray a prayer of unity, a prayer of faith for the Lord to do this. We don't just want him to use us. We want him to use whoever he wants to. Amen. In the community and in the state and in the country and in the world. Say it out loud. Father God, we believe in you. You're real. You're spirit. We don't see you, but we believe in you. And you are. Have always been and will always be a miracle working God, wonder working God, a God of signs and demonstrations of power and glory. For you are mighty, you are awesome. And Lord, we ask you and we pray just like you led the church to pray. In the first days. Grant. That your true servants. Everywhere. May speak your word. With all boldness. And grant. And let your hand. Cause. That signs. And wonders. Miracles. Happen. Give us. The manifestations of discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, special faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. We desire these things. We ask for these things. Manifest them them. in your church, in your body, in in and through us, us. as pleases you, as as is good in your eyes. eyes. We ask for it. Get glory to yourself. yourself. Draw people to you that that multitudes of men and women women. may be saved saved. and you may be seen and glorified In the earth, we ask it. We agree about it. We believe we receive. We expect to see in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Put up your hands. And let's just thank Him by faith. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're a miracle-working God. Always have been. You have not changed. You have not stopped. We believe you. We're believing you to do great things, good things, wonderful things. Get glory. Teach us more about this, Lord. Manifest yourself mightily in Jesus' holy name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many believe we will see and hear about, amen, outstanding things, and God will get glory to himself. People will come to Jesus. Amen. Glory. Set one more time. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. God does miracles today. today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.